0: Welcome to Dragon Talk. That felt good, Yay, right? Yay,
1: that was awesome. Yeah,
0: here we go. <laughs> I'm Greg Tito, and I'm not joined by Shelley Mazzanoble this time around. I've got Lisa Chen here. Yeah.
1: I'm not Shelly. I'm Lisa. You're Lisa. Your friendly local D and D things community manager. That's
0: right. Yes. So excited uh, to ha- thank you for jumping in. Uh, Shelly is of course on uh, a PTO gallivanting across. Miss you, Shelly. I think she's in Florida. She could be in New York. I don't know. Somewhere on the East Coast. Somewhere. It's yeah. It's somewhere not here. Yeah.
1: Right. That's all that matters.
0: Um. But uh, I, you know, Lisa was happy to jump in uh, since you are local, right here in Seattle.
1: Yeah, I recently moved in December and love Seattle so heckin' much. Yay. What do you think? Um, there are a lot of things to like about Seattle. The weather is so much nicer than New Jersey and it's just gorgeous. But for me, and this is going to sound really cheesy, it's the people. Uh, there's such a vibrant D&D community here and everyone has been so welcoming and I guess there's something in Seattle called the Seattle Freeze but everyone really hasn't wanted me to feel that. So right. I don't know what that is. Everyone's I didn't understand
0: nice. it either when people told me about that until I started uh, you know, interacting with more people through my kid's school that were not oh. affiliated with the gaming the kind other, of thing. Other people, the other people, yes, exactly. On the
1: outside, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it, it, you're right. Is the complete opposite about people who are in the Dungeons and Dragons community. And I've noticed, I and mean, you can speak. You're one of them who has. Kind of congregated and come to the Seattle area. It's more been kind of crazy. More and people
1: are moving here. It's insane. Yeah, it's the place to be. It's a magnet. Join us.
0: Join yes. One Cloud. Come to the to the to the positive light side.
1: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes there's sun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, now we're getting into that period where there is going to be. It's like the best time to be here in Seattle is like now until like October. Uh, so you came during the the darkest months. So
1: I survived. You survived, and I'm here to stay.
0: Well. Welcome as a fellow East Coaster uh, displaced to the West Coast. Uh, you know, welcome. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. Uh, Lisa, is, of course, uh, you're helping us out with some some social media postings and all of the fun stuff.
1: Yes. Um, delving into the hashtag D&D community on Twitter and also on Facebook. Checking out all of the conversations and engaging with people and uh, making lots of GIFs. Uh, had to think about how to pronounce that. Uh, making lots of GIFs of our shows for people to enjoy. It's been a blast so far.
0: You pronounced it correctly. You're good.
1: I pronounce it both ways on Tales from the Mist, and people in the chat always yell at me. So There's don't no. yell at me, chat.
0: <laughs> There's no. It's like one of those things where it's like, do you see black and gold or blue and green or? Uh, whatever?
1: Don't don't even bring that up. There.
0: <laughs> All I see is darkness, so I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we're getting into the Tales from the Mist mood for our exactly.
0: later. I noticed that you guys uh, are, are proudly wearing the badge of the goth kids from D&D Live.
1: Yes. Um, we're the Ravenloft series on D&D, and we're planning our cosplays. And we're just thinking, everyone's going to look so beautiful and colorful and fantasy, and we've got, like, black and black circular sunglasses, and we're going to be all pale and stuff. We're definitely the goth kids.
0: That's exciting. Uh,
1: but but proud of it.
0: And D&D Live 2019, The Descent. We announced that just last week. It's going to be fantastic. Live from Los Angeles, May 17th, 18th, and 19th. Uh, it is called The Descent, uh, and it's based on—well, uh, not based on, but I, I love the Fiona Staples art uh, that oh, is associated so uh, with, with our announcement for this. Um, we had her on the podcast back in January, and now you guys know why. We were talking to her about making uh, this piece of art. Um, and it is—the uh, I, 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 the response from the community has just been kind of crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. They love the the art itself, and they're picking it apart for every single clue that they can. Nice. If you love the art, it's also available on our website as a wallpaper. It is. Always be plugging.
0: Always be Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Uh, so D&D Live 2019, The Descent, is, of course, uh, the follow-up to last year's Stream of Many Eyes, Stream of Annihilation. I don't know if anybody remembers D&D Live from Meltdown, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been this progression of getting bigger stranger, more immersive, uh, experience. We'll have, uh, we're selling three day badges that started on Tuesday, uh, April 9th. Um, and with that three day badge, you get so much fun, Dungeons and Dragons content. You'll be able to, Be in the live studio audience as we announce the new storyline coming from Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, It's going to be fantastic. There'll be interviews with the D&D team, uh, the people who made that adventure, about what makes it cool, why it's exciting, and all the kind of products associated with uh, that new adventure. And then we're going to go directly into a Dungeons & Dragons live game with some of our most um, prominent D&D performers uh, playing live together, uh, Dungeon Mastered by many from the D&D team, like Jeremy Crawford, Kate Welch, uh, uh, Chris Perkins. Uh, It's going to be fun. We might have another Dungeon Master uh, coming in for Saturday night that I'm really excited about. and then on Saturday, the public who are able to come and, and, and purchase a badge will be able to play in a Dungeons & Dragons game uh, like none other. I can actually say that. It's probably never been experienced like this. It's called the D&D Epic. Uh, it's something that the Adventurers League has been doing a lot over the last few years. Uh, wh- wh- how would you describe a and Epic for yeah. folks?
1: So if you've never played a D&D Epic before, it's – sort of like a D&D game times 10, times 20. It's maybe hundreds of people uh, who are playing the same D&D adventure, but you're like different squadrons and you're working together to achieve... Uh, one goal and something that one table does might affect something happening at another da- table or might affect everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's really collaborative and it's just D and D on a scale that you don't usually get to play if you haven't been to a convention.
0: It's going to be fantastic. But I love that.
1: This epic's going to be even more epic.
0: It's going to be the epic epic that ever epics. The, epic the epic of epics. The uh, epic of epics. So there'll be 25 tables of people playing Dungeons and Dragons at the same time. Lights costumes, sound, uh, you know, uh, costumed uh, NPCs uh, giving out speeches to everyone, interacting with the players, uh, and then those decisions that that might impact what's happening in the entire room. uh, It's going to be fantastic. There'll be three sessions of that over the course of the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, They're gonna be three hours long. You don't have to have any experience with dungeons and dragons or adventurers league play or epics even it's going to be very simple to jump in uh we'll have pre-generated characters available uh and that's all you need Uh, you'll have everything um and the dungeon masters that we're bringing in uh as well as the uh the admins for the adventurers league will be there to help and assist many of them will maybe even be in costume uh as they're helping and assisting and or causing chaos
1: Yeah, it's going to be kind of wild. It's going to
0: be kind of wild. Yeah. While all that is happening, there's another studio which will have four mini studios built out into it. uh, And we have invited uh, tons of Dungeons & Dragons streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, uh, anybody who is creating Dungeons & Dragons content to uh, be doing it all during uh, Saturday and Sunday from those mini studios. Uh, I think Shelly and I are going to be there. We're going to be talking about uh, various Dungeons & Dragons products uh, from many of our partners who will also be there in that same room uh, creating an in-world marketplace where you can get uh, Dungeons & Dragons merchandise, um, some of which you can't get anywhere else or will only be available during this short time or will be previews for the D&D adventure that will be coming out. Uh, There's going to be a lot of stuff there uh, for folks. So people like WizKids is going to be there. Um, Sirenscape, Ben Ben Loons from Sirenscape is going to be there. Um, uh, Death Saves, Joe and, and his uh, vendors will be there. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. Look for all of the information on those groups as well as uh, the partners at dnd.wizards.com slash d Live 2019. Thank you for... <laughs> At least giving me the, eh, you don't know that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. I was like, I'm going to say the wrong the wrong link. But that's where it is all. And uh, of course there'll be links to that in the show notes uh, for those of you listening on the podcast for all this. It's going to be fantabulous. And we'll be adding more and more as as uh, they get confirmed.
1: Yeah, definitely keep checking back at dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive2019 constantly getting up, uh, updating it with more cool things happening.
0: As well as on the social medias.
1: Yes. We'll be tweeting about every update, posting on facebook so check all of our platforms for updates exactly
0: good stuff um so that's D&D Live 2019 in a nutshell. We're going to be talking more about it over the course of the next uh, few weeks leading up to it. In fact, even bringing in some interviews from uh, the folks. And I didn't even get to mention the last thing that's going to be happening on Sunday night, which is a music performance that's all being put together by Chris Funk. Uh, he's the, uh, the guitarist from the Decemberist. He's a fantastic D&D player. He loves everything about this, and he's a wonderful musician, and he's assembling a bill of musicians uh, that's going to blow your socks off. There's going to be um tons of people from the D community performing no details quite on that but it's going to be pretty amazing i'm excited about that we'll be celebrating cosplay during that performance so you know we might show off some of the best people who bring uh, or come to the event in in their own wear that they've they've created uh as well as some of the costume performers that are going to be there uh uh providing a uh, experience that we'll get into on on, pre- on future interviews uh going forward um but, yeah, the, uh, the, the bands that I can talk about that Chris is assembling right now is Cardioid is one of them. They're kind of a, uh, a, a band that re- reminds me of, like, the Breeders or, or Belly, uh, kind of ethereal vocalists uh, that are awesome. They're going to be, like, backing up the entire performance. And then uh, closing it out is a band uh, slash group called Magic Sword. Uh, they are more of the electronic dance music type Thing, um, but they have a very fantasy uh, vibe to them, and their lighting is amazing, uh, and it all cues into what's happening in their, you know, DJ getups. I don't. Even, I don't what would you call that? Their their decks.
1: Uh, I don't know music stuff.
0: Their music stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lisa did for a little bit. Do the uh, the 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 rubbing of a uh, wiki, wiki, wiki. Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Just uh, like that. So they're exciting, uh, and I, I can't wait to see that performance. That'll end up being like a, a uh, you know a closing ceremony celebration of all of uh, what's been happening with Dungeons and Dragons as well as the weekend. So, a lot.
1: Oh my gosh, this is like ten million levels above what Stream of Many Eyes. I know, was. right? It's crazy.
0: Uh, I can't wait and there's even more to talk about but I'm, I'm giving you the, the quick bullet points here. Uh, again, go to dnd.wizards.com slash dndlive2019 to get all the information for all of that. Uh, thank you for, for that golf clap. <laughs> I'm getting that correct. Uh, and we'll, we'll be doing more updates, as I said, here on uh, Dragon Talk as well as on all of our social media. So I, I think that's it. I think that's all I need to talk about for D&D Live. What do you think?
1: I, I mean, there's more to come. There's more to but come. we've still, we've got a month yeah, uh, to to share all of these awesome announcements.
0: That's right. Keep them wanting more. And you and, and Tales from the Mist will be there.
1: Yes, very excited about Tales from the Mist uh, being there. Uh, yeah. and uh, representing the dark side of D anD. d
0: That's right. I love it. Uh, and of course, during our interview for this, we'll be talking to TK Johnson, the dungeon master for Tales from the Mist. Auntie TK, it's very exciting. I can't wait. Uh, and uh, before we get into our segment, um, there's there's there, I mean there, God, there's so much going on with Dungeons and Dragons that I actually have to also talk about uh, some products that we've we're, that are coming out. So, Ghosts of Saltmarsh, we've been talking about that for for a while. Comes out May twenty first, so the Tuesday after D and D Live uh, twenty nineteen, The Descent. You'll be able to pick it up. It's got uh, two covers. One is a standard cover that's super awesome, as well as an alternate cover that you can only get in game stores on that date. Uh, what is in Ghosts of Saltmarsh? Hey, do you know what's in Ghosts of Saltmarsh?
1: Uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh is updating a number of older adventures, I believe, that were, were in Saltmarsh. And they're all nautical themed. So think like pirates and who again and uh, lots of cool nautical s- stuff and things. Yes, yep, stuff Those are words I write. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't improv yeah. uh, this stuff. <laughs> But that's it. That's exactly what's in there. Uh, and uh, there's there's enough adventures in there to run a campaign from level 1 to level 12. Uh, details about this, the town of Saltmarsh itself, which actually in the original adventures was not detailed out. It was basically like, hey, Dungeon oh. Masters, make it up. Uh, to my knowledge, I think that's true. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we provide all the details for that, as well as, this is my favorite part, an appendix that's all about how to run ships and ship-to-ship combat as well as, you know, uh, uh, the managing of that uh, as for a Dungeon Master, which I that's think is super really fun. Exciting.
1: It's really Especially exciting. Especially with, like, that that new WizKids boat. I know! You can actually use that.
0: Yes. Cool. Uh, so they've got that amazing boat. It's called the Falling Star. Uh, check that out. It's a perfect uh, product to uh, jump into both is for Saltmarsh as well as uh, uh any kind of nautical themed adventure you might be going on uh and then of course there's a sinister sil- silver edition of ghosts of Saltmarsh coming from beetles and grim beetle and grim's pandemonium warehouse uh it has got tons of stuff to uh add to your dungeon masters kit uh including um you know some physical items from han Cholo, as well as uh tons of maps and things like that a custom dungeon master screen amazing stuff check out their website if you can uh, for more information on that uh, and then we announced Acquisitions Incorporated, the D&D source book. It is coming, and it is amazing. Uh, it is uh, going to be out June 18th, he said. Checking. June 18th. I believe that that's true. I yes. believe that's true. Um, and that has got everything you need to play a Dungeons & Dragons campaign or adventure or even just a one-shot session. One-shot session. In the flavor of uh, Acquisitions Incorporated that you've seen uh, perform on stage at Pax's for years and years and years, I think a decade is what I put into the to the press yeah, release. you can start your decade. own
1: franchise. You can start your
0: own franchise. Uh,
1: no one tell uh, VR or your jam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're going they're gonna start uh, running their own. Uh, Yes, exactly. Um, I'm excited about that. Uh, it's got a adventure in there. Uh, I believe that runs six levels, uh, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and it, everything you need to kind of play within that flavor of, of acquisitions incorporated, which is kind of like a heightened com- comedic, madcap, fun version of D anD. d But still set in the forgotten realms. Yeah,
1: corporate adventuring.
0: Yes, exactly. Cry- yeah, climb that. The satire of of of, of corporate. You know, hell.
1: (laughs) Yeah, on um, on Twitter and Facebook, uh, I've been posting. uh, Well, tell us what are your what are your top skills and features on your resume that make you think that you could open a franchise? And everyone responding is really clever. You guys are really funny.
0: Who knew? (laughs) D&D players
1: (laughs) can be silly. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Uh, So uh, I'm excited about that, and uh, I'm I, I will be. Releasing more and more fun stuff uh, leading up to that release on June 18th. You can pre-order it now everywhere. Uh, You can pre-order things, uh, including at Penny Arcade uh, at their direct website. So check that out if you are interested for more.
1: Yeah, and if you order on Penny Arcade, you can get like a really cool green flame pin. That's true. It's really shiny.
0: Uh, that is it's really shiny. It's, you know, green flame. Green you flame. can just say that whenever you walk down the street and someone says, hey, I like your green flame, and then you just yell in their face, and they're like, wait, hold on, what? A and good, then you give them the book.
1: Yeah, good. a good way to be an ambassador for for and d just shout in people's faces.
0: <laughs> that's, that's very, uh, yeah, that's perfect.
1: That's what I do.
0: Uh, one other fun thing I want to uh, get out there, uh, there is a uh, the 2019 Lambert House fundraiser for... Um, Uh, The Lambert House Foundation is live now. You can get all type of Dungeons & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, Planeswalker Symbol, uh stuff. It's not even just apparel. It's apparel, it's totes, it's all types of things in uh, the rainbow theme to support LGBTQ youth uh, in the community. Uh, All the proceeds go towards Lambert House and they do amazing stuff to um, support youth uh, here in the Seattle area Uh, and uh, they're expanding out into different counties uh, here within the Seattle area, so it's really exciting and a lot of that is due to the fundraising about what is going on uh, uh, here, but I know a lot of people were um, excited to purchase those uh, t-shirts that we released last year and now you can get them. They're a little bit of longer window so you have plenty of time uh, to get what you want and you can get different types of stuff so I'm really excited about that. I got a
1: notebook. I'm really excited to (sighs) add to my ampersand notebook collection and also I believe you guys have the little pop thing that goes on the back of phones. Pop socket. Yeah. that that, that All the kids are using these days.
0: Yeah. On all the kids and Pelham Green. (laughs) Yeah. He's got it. He's got it. Actually you got the same one that my my, my wife now put on her uh, uh, phone as well. So it's it's for it's for old people and young people at, <laughs> at the same time. Anyone can do it, uh, and I love it. So yeah, there's there's water bottles, there's a, a vinyl banner, there's a cotton tote bag, which is my favorite. I, I I'm a big bag user uh, for groceries as well as uh, you know just getting around town. Uh, so you can pick up one of those, and that's really awesome. Also sunglasses. Why don't I have rainbow sunglasses right now? I need to start getting them and wearing them during right Talk. right now right now. <laughs> stats someone bring me the rainbow sunglasses Uh, I'll put them on as we talk about uh, the next segment so we're going to get to uh, random character generator we had a lot of fun uh, Kate and I over the last uh, two sessions of this uh, creating a random character and we're going to get right into that right now so let's do some, some techno dance music And welcome to another segment of Random Character Generator.
2: With Kate Welch, apparently, is the new title. That was on the title card. Ooh. Random Character Generator with Kate Welch. That's you. But not Greg Tito. But Greg, not me. Greg Tito's not here. No,
0: I do nothing. I just <laughs> uh, I just babble on into this microphone.
2: Oh, I wanted to actually, I mentioned that to you. I feel like I, I uh, just take all of our concepts and run, and you're like, oh yeah, and then what? But you should, I want, I want. You to brainstorm with me. I want you to be my co-designer on these, nice. on these critters from now on. You got yeah. it.
0: I'm I'm, I'm in. I will, I'm right. the dungeon master to your your character. Okay. I like that. All, All right. right. So, and uh, uh, this is the segment where we create a random character on D and D Beyond, and uh, we start with level three, no multi-classing, any race, and the name and everything pops up, and mm-hmm. then we together uh, come up with what that character means from what spits out of D and D Beyond, and Sounds it's been good. super fun, and we're gonna. We're going to press that button right now and go. see what pops up. You guys ready? Here we go. Oh, I'm yeah. ready. It's loading. It's, God, it's loading.
2: <laughs> Sit, call it what you did earlier, this website. What did you call it earlier? Dungeons
0: it- and Dragons Beyond. Yeah,
2: it sucks. <laughs> 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 I hate it. I'm
0: so glad they went with D&D Beyond. <laughs> D&D
2: Beyond is so much better.
0: Ooh, oh, another oh warlock. Gosh. Okay. Uh, more Mayor Amakir.
2: More Mayor Amakir. Ah. High Elf? High Elf Warlock?
0: High Elf Warlock with okay. a six charisma.
2: Goodness gracious Ooh. me. Yeah, that's a negative two on that. That's not great for a warlock, is it? it is not good for it's a not warlock. Good. There's not actually
0: good. only one a stat that has a positive modifier on it, which is dexterity. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, Mostly due to the... So basically, when when D&D Beyond rolled their uh, 3d6 uh, for each one of these stats, they were all super below average. Uh And so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think High Elf gets a bonus to dexterity. So the only reason there is a positive (laughs) thing is because...
2: High off gets a bonus to intelligence.
0: Okay, not dexterity. Okay. No. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Why there's an intelligence of seven?
2: Yes, that's oh with the God. int bonus. So Bowser.
0: this you know that's what's the uh, to my mind this is what's fun about creating a random character is because uh, you know there's always the inclination of wanting to have a character that has. Um, some skills and some things that are, make it an amazing character. But I think NPCs as well as some player characters can be really fun when they have substandard stats. Oh, yes, yes. And that's one of the tenets of this segment is to try to figure out what makes this character fun from it.
2: Okay. Well, uh, we have a lot to figure out. You've got oh. a
0: lot to figure out. So
2: we have a... Like, I, I want to say this is a... This is a high elf warlock, so it's very uh, like a beautiful, elegant, generally speaking, intelligent uh, race. However, this is an exceptionally stupid warlock, exactly, An exceptionally uncharismatic warlock. Yes, um, and not really good at anything except like some some like little fingy work. You can do do a little bit of dexterity, like maybe know some up close magic tricks or something.
0: I like that you use fingy. Yeah, as well, yes. well, that's that's that's, that's, the, that's what they're called. The theme so. is Tom Haverford uh, uh, type,
2: <laughs> oh, <so> type <laughs> things going on today. On sketchy. You
0: being on sketchy.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh-huh.
0: Fascinating. What? Okay,
2: here. yeah, what what proficiencies have we got? So for, not, that it, not that it matters. Oh, but,
0: for uh for weapons, uh so light armor, okay. uh longbow, longsword, sword, right. short sword, the simple skill, weapons.
2: Skill proficiencies. Skill proficiencies. Oh wait, we got tools, brewer's supplies. That's interesting. And cook's utensils. <gasps> so that's what the fingies are for. That's what
0: that's right. Okay, so the, They're a cook. They're yeah, a chef. More mare, obviously. More mayor?
2: More Mayor Amakir is a chef.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: level three, chef warlock. Uh Proficient saving throws in wisdom and charisma and then history, investigation. Why? Nature and perception. We bumped up our nature to a plus zero. Yeah. So that's nice. And and proficient in persuasion also at a plus zero.
0: Yeah. So they're proficient with it, which gets them up to nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what that means to me is that this person studied these things so that they weren't dreadful at it, so that they didn't have a negative like you're it's it's the same as you wanna be able to like walk up a flight of stairs without like huh, being out of breath at the top. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I'll do 10 push push-ups a day. It doesn't really do much for you, but it adds a little bit of physical fitness. So you're not running out of breath. That's kind of what I think is going on here. It's like, ah, I'm just, I'm so bad at nature and I keep cooking with poisonous mushrooms. So I at least need to be good enough to find mushrooms that aren't poisonous at the at bare minimum. At the minimum, bare minimum. Right. Which yeah. is still
0: like a random chance. Like it right. may not.
2: It might not work out great, but at least there's not a detractor.
0: Exactly, right? It's not at least they're bad at it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, because this is a warlock and is able to choose uh, a, an otherworldly patron, <laughs> the Great Old One, the great uh, old one. Is, is what's chosen here.
2: Holy hell. All right. So the Great Old One uh, is, it's an interesting choice for the Great Old One to have contacted. This being since uh but its motives are incomprehensible to mortals, so um you know perhaps a very uh let's say statistically challenged individual might have some purpose to the greater what's your what's your idea like what's the what is a an exceptionally um, let's uh I, I, unintelligent uncharismatic warlock who's extremely good in the kitchen. What does that? What does the Great Old One want to do with more care here?
0: For some reason, uh, Great Old One always seemed like a Fey thing, right? It, it seemed it seemed to me like they were uh, connected with nature in some case, and that's why.
2: Well, the Arch fae is the Fey one, right? The, the, the Pact. So the Great Old One is more, I think, of like Lovecraftian.
0: Ah, I see. Yeah,
2: so it's from the far realm. It's uh, like a. I think of like when I think of the Great Old One, I think of a big, faceless, illithid type. Being okay, um, and so it's uh, it could be one of the elder gods known only in legends. Um, it might be unaware of your existence or entirely indifferent to you, but the secrets you have learned allow you to draw your magic from it. Hmm, so yeah. So,
0: when you mentioned mushrooms, for some reason that that, that pulled at a string in my head, and I was thinking about some kind of um, you know, there's that uh, there's that th- I forget what its name, but there's like the largest organism on or- earth is thought to be a, a huge fungus. That's underground, uh, and, and you know, and, and works out. Maybe I'm it's like
2: Avatar. This. Star, you think of the movie Avatar? <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's real, right? That's unobtanium is, is a thing. Um, and no, and now Mace, I'm also thinking about the, the the creature that's in the Underdark. Uh, oh sure, uh, here, yeah, that is a, a a fungal type thing. So okay. maybe
2: like myconids. Yeah, okay.
0: but not necessarily con- connected to 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 um, to this creature. But it's like this. Uh, uh, I don't know, just a thing right? that is has networks but is not necessarily cool. intelligent okay or uh uh has any motives or anything like that. It just has existence as this motive.
2: So you are you're creating a new god, a great old one god that is like a mushroom entity. Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, or like cool. you know, like in a, in
0: those Star Trek episode where they they they'd see an amoeba uh in, in space and it's got nothing right. other than its own existence that it's trying to do.
2: Interesting. Okay. And so perhaps this mushroom god, which you're gonna have to come up with a name for I'll let you think on it. Um, is it has reached out to this sort of incompetent warlock uh, <laughs> who has skill in the kitchen and has decided to maybe take pity. And so uh, one thing that is true about Mormare is that Mormare if if the dish involves mushrooms, mm-hmm. it is Mormare can kill it, crushes it every time. If the dish doesn't have mushrooms in it, Mormare has a little bit more, more of a challenge. Ahead of them. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, a, kind of a mushroom, kind of a vegan kind of a thing happening here. Got it. A lot of mushroom burgers, a <laughs> lot of mushroom sauce.
0: What is that? The uh, Impossible Burger? Is that what people yeah. have been talking about a lot? That's it's good,
2: actually. Beyond, yeah. Beyond Burger? Beyond Something Burger? To,
0: yeah. DD Beyond Burger? Yeah, yeah Dungeons
2: & Dragons Beyond Burger. <laughs> God,
0: it's gross. This, this trademark it. is getting better all the time.
2: So one of the things that happens with the Great Old One is you get awakened mind as at first level. So, since we're third level, we have awakened mind. Uh, you can telepathically speak to any creature you can see within thirty feet of you. So, oh, that's interesting. Th- we have a it's a telepathic mushroom
0: chef connection. Yeah, right.
2: yeah. Have you come up with a name for your mushroom god yet?
0: Not yet. Okay, but we'll keep uh, on. I have another piece of information that we got to incorporate Ooh, here, okay. which is the background is a house agent to a dragon marked house. What? Uh, which is uh, from Eberron? Yeah. Um, and I, I will admit freely, I don't know a lot about. the the lore behind Eberron. Um, So we'll be making this up. uh, But...
2: But Dragon marks are like the influential families. Yes. um, And if you have, if you're a Dragon Marked family, it's kind of like nobility. Um, Like they have more money, they have more social influence. I've played only one or two games in Eberron, so this is off off the cuff. Right. Um, But if it's not true, now it is about this character. So this was a person who worked. Okay, so this is a chef of a Dragon Marked house. Yeah. Obviously, right. like a, an in-home chef who touched a few too many mushrooms and got in contact with uh, with a weird far realms mushroom god.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay, I like yeah. that a lot. And it's House Galanda okay. is the name of this, and that's why uh, the brewer supplies and cook use, cook's utensils uh, ah, are on there is b- due cool. to okay. Galanda.
2: Yeah, Gali Galanda, Gali- is it? I can't see it from here.
0: Looks but. like it's Galanda. Okay. There's no cool. e in there. There's just cool. like Galanda.
2: Nice, nice. All uh, right,
0: and that's why there's investigation and persuasion as well as a skill proficiency. Cool uh, for all that.
2: What spells have uh, have we taken here at level three?
0: So we've got several cantrips.
2: Oh, nice. Okay, uh, shape it, water, obviously.
0: Oh, yeah, that makes total sense. We'll that's winters. due to the back the pack boon, yep. uh, right? Vicious mockery, which is always one of my favorite spells. So I'm glad <laughs> that's in there because uh, even though he's not intelligent or this person is not intelligent, because uh, we haven't put a, a gender yet. No, here. Uh, yeah, not yet. Um. Mending makes sense if you're, you know, if you're, you're, you need to repair knives or tools or anything like that while you're getting things not going. Not people
2: or, or things that, that nope. are not related to cooking, but <laughs> you know, you mending, mending can help you in the kitchen when you mess up your your brewing. As well
0: tools. as infestation, I guess. Uh, yeah, let to me hear have about this? Cloud of mites, fleas, and, and other and parasites. Other
2: parasites. Oh my gosh. Okay, so uh, infestation would be. Ooh, maybe it's for leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> you just get a bunch of flies in there, and they eat the leftovers. Yum 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 yum. Don't have to worry about them.
0: It's a and then, it, system. and then it creates fuel for the mushroom god.
2: Exactly, the mushroom. Then maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's more decomposition. The more decomposition, the better. Says the mushroom god, who still needs a name, by the way, Greg.
0: Interesting. Yeah. I know. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm I'm just frantically saying. trying okay. to come up with, right. with something that's going to be amazing. Is, this
2: isn't an improv. This is called pimping. But I'm what I'm doing. To you <laughs> no, right you're now. trying to yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah.
0: but it's only causing some vicious mockery in my head. Um, or dissonant <laughs> whispers, which are also uh, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, that's what it's called. Sha-sha.
2: Yeah.
0: Shasha. Uh, every
2: time we have a, a on CTM, every time he uses his dissonant whispers, I always do a little foley for him. Very so dissonant. It's very dissonant. So detect thoughts uh, is a a uh, it's not the same thing as awakened mind, but we've got a lot of a lot of uh, psychic work happening with this warlock. Yeah. Um, and uh, dissonant whispers, illusory script, and shatter. Shatter for some reason It goes well with mending, I suppose. Yeah. Gets frustrated with his work in the kitchen. It, this is this is kind of striking me as a male. Um, he's like, "Duh, this mushroom dish is uh, okay. Let me let me do it better. This is a high elf, but it's sort of an incompetent one. So here's what I think he sounds like. He's like." This dish, very not tasty. (laughs) This dish, not taste good. I shatter.
0: I shatter. I shatter. shatter. And then the
2: shatter breaks all the dishes. It's like, oh, I must
0: mend them. I must mend them back together.
2: I must mending.
0: Yes. I like that because it is a not smart, not charismatic uh, 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 creature uh, here. So it it would... Fly off the handle pretty quickly, uh, but then also has the wis- enough wisdom to want to put things back together. Right
2: you know now. who this character reminds me a lot of? Pelham. <laughs> 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 uh,
0: I, I, I think we're having a revolt uh, happen here in uh, uh, the Dragon Talk Studio. Uh, that's amazing. Um, so uh, right, so all the and then mage armor, you know, because yeah, sure, yeah.
2: The accidents happen in the kitchen. You always want to be prepared. I constantly am burning myself whenever I cook. I would love some mage armor. Even, you know, I don't know if it would actually prevent fire damage. Why not?
0: Or to have the uh, the servants underneath you throwing things at you. Oh, yeah. uh, because of your, you know, non-charismatic attitudes. Yeah, not uh, a
2: good leader. Not that's a good leader. A little, I would not call this a head chef. This no. Is not, this is either a guy who works by himself mostly in the field of mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Or is like a sous chef or a line cook or something.
0: Do, do you... Do you think that there was a call to adventure that happened? Uh, uh, you know, so he he was this house chef in House uh, Galanda, but then somehow yes. w- got separated from his chefdom and is now yes. adventuring because of it.
2: Yes. I think that he got kicked out. It's, it's something so mundane, but he got kicked out of House Galanda because he kept using poisonous mushrooms.
3: <laughs> and they were like,
2: bro, you got to go learn the difference. Get out of here. Go figure out what. And so he's like, well, I shall study nature and I will bring to zero so that I may find good mushroom.
0: <laughs> this is what high elves sound like. I must find sha 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 sha. sha, 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 sha. And sh- they will tell oh, me.
2: Oh, that's the name of your mushroom god? Is yeah. sha, sha, sha? sha sha sha? Sha Oh my gosh. Right? It's like sitting across from Shelley Mazzanova. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's the name of the guy. <laughs> <It's, it's> <laughs> uh, All right, that's good. Yeah. And so the, while picking mushrooms, and he like he picks one up that's spiky and there's like actual stink lines coming off of it. He's like, Is this good mushroom? Oh, I'm giving him an accent now. Yeah. <laughs> is this good mushroom? I mean No way to know. And then Shasha Shashelly is like, No, idiot. That's a bad, that's bad mushroom. He's but like, tele- oh.
0: Telepathically, he's like, no, bad, 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 bad mushroom. mushroom.
2: Yes, yeah. And so um, this this elf now just like goes to mushrooms is like, good mushroom. And Shishisheli is like, yeah, that's a yeah. good mushroom. That's yeah. That one's fine. I don't know what Shishisheli is getting out of it, but great old ones are incomprehensible. The, we know not their, their will or their desires.
0: And then that they just want others to serve versions of themselves, the fungus god, to...
2: Oh, that's what it is.
0: They want... Everyone wants to be... The, the mushroom god wants itself to be inside other exactly. people's digestive tracts. Exactly.
2: And which so, makes no
0: sense, which is why Mormare is not smart.
2: No, this is this makes perfect sense. Mormare is not smart. But I think what happens is that this is how this great old one is spreading their religious influence. So if you uh, eat the mushrooms that the great old one has picked out, right. uh, that uh Shelley will have her influence um, incepted into more people and because uh, you know there's the uh, I, I don't the spores. Yeah, exactly. Like your the spores get in your brain. There's um there's a this bacteria I think it is called uh, toxoplasmosis that exists in cat feces, mm-hmm. and it makes a, particularly I think it targets women's brains mm-hmm. um, and can drive you a little nuts. Like actually make your 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 brain do weird things. Right. So I think that's what this is. It's just like a tiny tiny bit of spores in each of Shelley's chosen mushrooms, but when you get those spores in, you're like, you know. I could really worship a mushroom god right about now.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't think so before. And uh, it, you can't really pinpoint when yeah, you don't that know. started happening. You no, know,
2: you're like, I hate some mushrooms a week ago. Right. But that's I mean, that was just that was just a side. That was a that wasn't even the main course.
0: And so more is just with any adventuring group or just following along, doing incompetent things and screwing everything up oh, and yeah. eating everyone. But, but the
2: delicious whole, mushrooms. And what
0: Shusha wants is just to get it out yes. into as many people as possible right. and using uh it's its agent. More More Mare,
2: exactly. And because I think I think is resentful because in the player's handbook, she's not listed Mm -mm. in the great old ones. Mm -mm. No, we got we got called That Which Lurks. We got (laughs) Thurizdun the chain god, Dendar, the night serpent, Zargon the Returner, and Great Cthulhu. Right. But Shosh Lord of Mushroom, not there. Mm. Not there. That's strange. But we'll see we'll see what we can do in future publications.
0: What if and this is just <laughs> we'll get it in there, <laughs> Shoshia don't worry. Uh, this is just a random thought, but what if the the, the spores or what's been in, in uh, uh, you know in infecting more mare is actually the reason why he is less charismatic, is less smart, is oh. because he's been exposed to so many of it over time that his stats actually degraded. Uh, and I that's like why he that. is the way he is.
2: I like that. And that that's probably what happens too. Uh, to people who he feeds his mushroom dishes to, he doesn't mean to. Right, but slowly they all kind of like they lose their intelligence and charisma. It, it, that makes them sound like they're um, like a zombie. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is like a spores, the Last of Us type of thing, where the the spores actually like turn you into kind of a oh boy, that's gonna give me a nightmare. <laughs> you. Um, I did that for you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, but the the spores actually kind of like turn you into a little mushroom slave of yeah. Shasha Right, I, I think always Shasha is pretty evil.
0: Yeah, now it's it's a it's a pure. Itself. Yeah. or maybe they just want it's just proliferation. Yeah, it's, like I said, I don't oh, production. I, don't, I yeah. don't think it's a, a it's a malicious act. It's just this is how they create more and more of Shelly's. Yeah,
2: I like the idea of these mushroom zombies, not the Last of Us style, because uh, to be honest, f- that but, <laughs> to be totally frank. But the idea that like it's it's just a kind of like a dull, droopy humanoid who's not. Super well spoken, Mm -hmm. but just look like they're trying to spread the word of the mushrooms and be like. Right. Uh, do you but, have any dishes with mushrooms in them?
0: But also, while not affecting their uh, dexterity, not not necessarily. No. Making them, like they, they they otherwise amble around like like normal mm-hmm. humanoids would, mm-hmm. uh, but they just have they this.
2: Play the piano. <laughs> they're they're incredible calligraphers.
0: <laughs> they're very good at chopping things very without cutting themselves. Ex- no
2: chopping with cuts. No. No. All, only and and the the mushrooms the cut like they it's. Just, just beautiful, Magnifique. beautiful chop work in the kitchen.
0: I like it. I like it. All right. Um, all right. So that's that's more mayor <laughs> Uh and I love I love the voice that that you put together.
2: I am searching for good mushroom.
0: You like mushroom. You like
2: mushroom. I
0: bring more mushroom I to try, you.
2: I will try to bring you no bad mushroom.
0: <laughs> there is no bad mushroom. There's Only no- good mushroom. Nope.
2: Mormere, there are bad mushrooms. There's, there's <laughs> mushrooms, Mormere. Get bad. out of here. Keep get out of house, yeah. Galanda.
0: We you don't want you here. Back.
2: You keep not understanding. Please right. stop poisoning us with these mushrooms.
0: You go bring those mushrooms to uh, the other side of the war. Uh, That's right. Oh, he's an operative
2: yeah, agent, but very bad at
0: it. Exactly. <laughs> and for some reason, he's with an adventuring party or whatever as a contact. And sure. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, what would, I mean, actually, the one thing that we haven't, we've talked about necessarily how they behave, but not necessarily what they're, what they appear like. What what does Mormir Amakir look like?
2: I think Mormir Amakir, so High Elves, I'm going to go back and read it, but if I understand correctly about Elves, High Elves are like the fancy Elves. Yes. They, they're the ones who are, uh, I think, a little snooty, if I'm not mistaken. They can be, yeah. Um, and so I think Mormir might be like someone who's very beautiful and stupid, not that, you know, that's that's the kind of thing that exists, I guess. But uh, hold on. I'm getting to elves. Get Humans. to the elves. Why didn't we alphabetize these? This is terrible. Jeremy. Jeremy. Okay. Uh, okay. High elf, you have a keen mind. Nope. And a mastery of at least the basics of magic. True. Uh, the one... Type of high elf is haughty and reclusive, believing themselves to be superior to non-elves and mm. either, even other elves. The other type um, are more common and more friendly and often, often encountered among humans and other races. Um, the sun elves of Faerun have bronze skin uh, and hair of copper, black or golden blonde. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, so sun elves and moon elves are both high elves. That's pretty cool. Uh, since he's a mushroom hunter, let's, I like the idea of him being a moon elf. Because he's yeah. out, out in the, the dark, the, the grubby, dank parts of the forest, dank. finding his... Yeah, all right.
0: <laughs> it's ultra dank.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know what you think about ultra dank, Gregory. <laughs>
0: um, well, here's, here's a random bit. Uh, the, the extra language that was chosen oh. for uh, High Elves is orc.
2: Oh, okay. Interesting, interesting. So what's that about?
0: I wonder what if there's a friend... Like somehow after they got kicked out of uh, uh, House Galanda, yeah. uh, Mayor, uh fell in with uh, uh, an, an orc group. Or, and so maybe, you know, okay, the orcs were like, all right, yeah, you can come along with us. You make decent meals. And they don't realize that slowly over time, they he's been, you know, not poisoning them, but getting them to be followers of Shushush Shelly.
2: Okay. I like that. So maybe he got hired on, ooh, let's say he got hired on to some kind of underdark expedition group that the the fact that he was a moon elf these orcs thought he could maybe pass for a drow Mm. um since moon elves have blue uh they have like blue tinged skin um i I think drow are considerably darker but as close as you can get without being a drow probably um and uh, and then when you rub mostly, mushrooms
0: all over yourself too, it also yeah
2: you get that you know that mushroom coal powder that everyone's so crazy about. It's <laughs> a real Faerun cosmetic innovation. It is now. It is now. It is canon. Canon. Um, they they hired him. I think those orcs were smart. And they were savvy. They were they were performing incursions into the into the underdark to get whatever they needed. But the reason he came with them is so that he could serve as chef. And because the Underdark is just lousy with mushrooms, so that that he it seemed like a perfect fit. I love it. Yeah, and then I don't know how he learned the Orc language with an intelligence of minus two.
0: Maybe just over the, time, he's gotten worse. But so he had a higher language to begin with, or just <laughs> as his high elfness uh, allowed him to pick up one extra language—that right. was all he could all he could muster. Right, because uh, other languages are so he's got Elvish, he can speak, and Orc. Yeah.
2: I like the idea that maybe that he actually started with a. Even more languages than that, but he's just forgotten them. He's forgotten them over like, he time. He knew Draconic and, and uh, Halfling, but because of this, the, the influence of these spores,
0: he's forgotten those languages. Oddly kind of enough, many people don't know the Draconic language for mushroom is mushroom. mushroom it's
2: very strange.
0: I remember this now. I
2: remember only the one word, <laughs> the word for mushroom in every language is a mushroom.
0: More <laughs> it is. No,
2: it's not. Shelly is different.
0: also an acceptable language. <laughs> For mushrooms,
2: (laughs) have you heard the good word? She is
0: the great old one.
2: And then he uses his psychic thoughts. He reads, people are like, dude, this guy is just not on the level. And he thinks to himself, "Mm, but I am.
0: But you will learn once you eat more of these mushrooms. They will
2: teach, I will teach you the (laughs) ways.
0: All right, that is more Mare Amakir. Thank you so much, uh, as always, Kate. Uh, how can people find out more about you and pepper you with more questions for how to prepare mushrooms deliciously?
2: Um, please don't do that. I don't cook with mushrooms very often. However, you can find me on Twitter, Katewellchachachach.
0: I'm, sh- I'm sh- sensing a theme
2: here. That's right. I'm already in. I'm already <laughs> infiltrated. The spores are in my
0: brain. <laughs> I see it growing out yes, of here. Yes, I
2: wish. I wish. But yeah, that's me on Twitter, so you can hit me up there.
0: Awesome. Uh, I am at Greg Tito, and uh, we will be posting a link to this character for you to use. You can use whatever we came up with uh, or uh, go crazy with it. Sounds it's good. tons of fun. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, d d Beyond. for. Thank you, D&D Beyond. <laughs>
2: Dungeons & Dragons Dragons Beyond
0: Beyond. gross Uh, for making this random thing possible (laughs) you're awesome we'll be back soon wasn't that a great random character generator.
1: That was the best random character generator I've ever seen (laughs) slash (laughs) heard.
0: It was pretty good. We made a... Wasn't it fun?
1: Um, I think that was a wonderful...
0: <laughs> Lisa's mouth is moving, and uh, we'll just be editing in anything. This is great. Thank you so much.
1: Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> you've, Mistakes you've, were made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we cannot uh, let that advantage go 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 down. Uh, but that was exciting. I love all that stuff, and we are now uh, going to talk to TK Johnson, Dungeon Master of Tales from the Mist. As well as an awesome person in the community in general.
1: Yeah, TK is a streamer extraordinaire. They're on so many different streams. They're one of the best dungeon masters I've ever had. And they're also just a really, really good writer, especially of spooky things.
0: Awesome. And uh, as you said, a good human.
1: Yeah, a good human.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's listen to that now. We have TK Johnson. Hello. Yay. Welcome. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing very well. I uh, just wrote down a small note for myself that schedule equals schedgy. (laughs) No, no. Using that all the time. Mm -hmm. Look forward to that in the moderation schedule emails that I will be sending you. That will not be
0: occurring. I ban all use of that as a slang term for schedule. It's not that. It's not even like less syllables. It's like the same number of syllables.
3: Yeah, it's it's like the Tom Haverford version of it. DC Hannah, DC and Hannah, I know you're in the chat. We're using it.
0: That's it. DC Hannah, no,
1: (laughs) don't do
3: it. Uh, Got my real boss. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so TK, of course, you are uh one of the moderators of this here Twitch channel on twitch.tv slash DND as well as the dungeon master for Tales from the Mists. Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. How uh yeah, how would how would you for people who haven't uh watched or seen and they should uh Tales from the Mists, yet, yeah, how would you how would you describe uh what that show is all about?
3: Um Tales from the Mists is based in Ravenloft and it is pre-grand conjunction for the people who played 2e and care about that
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> all right i've got like four follow-up questions now
3: yeah yeah um and it is it's very moody it's very atmospheric uh but it it it's very like tales from the dark side and so or early tales from the crypt before it got like super cheesy <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the crypt keeper basically uh, hamming it up for the for the camera
3: Heck yeah! Yeah, we reserve all that for like the pre the pre show recap. The that's filmed and everything.
0: Um, I like that. That's
3: that's where we put most of the jokes.
0: Awesome, uh, and that is uh, Friday nights.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. Friday nights at six p.m. Pacific
1: time. Oh man!
0: Yes. And you're- tonight, tonight.
1: If you're wa- yeah. yeah, if you're watching this live,
0: but if you're listening to it, it'll be last Friday. And then we got you'll have the prim- the the premiere, the, uh, fun- the finale. finale, the finale,
1: <gasps>
3: anti-premier.
0: the anti-premiere, <laughs> the anti-premiere.
1: <laughs> I like that for a Ravenloft show. Ooh, you the guys should, should call it that. The <laughs> anti-premiere, yes.
3: <Yes>. the requiem.
0: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I like all these new. T- this is, these are way better than sketchy. I'm just going to have to say.
1: Oh, why That's do we keep true.
0: bringing it up? <laughs> <laughs> now I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Clean that I said that out loud now, and it's in Greg my. Greg
1: has been tainted. We have to throw the whole
0: Greg away now. <laughs> yeah, well, we
1: <laughs> I can't believe we have to throw the whole
3: Greg
0: away. <laughs> uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, we'll talk more about about that show. But um, uh, one thing we always like to to delve into is when did you uh, you know start playing Dungeons and Dragons, and and what was that first experience like? Um.
3: Oh, that's hard for me because my parents always my parents played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. Really? So I learned. To, yep. Yeah, my parents. Uh, my parents have always been the odd ducks out. Um, I grew up in rural Kentucky, mm-hmm. like Southern Christian County um, area, which is on the border of Tennessee, almost uh, just outside um, the Fort Campbell Army base. And it was not a great place to have interracial parents. Mm. So it's like always kind of been that. But both of them kind of grew up in the army. So they didn't really care about that. Um, so they've always kind of like kept to themselves a lot. Uh, but they did play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. And I learned to read with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Wow. So I don't know exactly when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons because um my parents kind of always put it into things like into our games and stuff um but i do remember the first time that i can like consciously say like this is dungeons and dragons and uh it was it was definitely playing a game with my dad and one of my sisters and we were more reenacting like one of his previous adventures they had had a my dad had a a mercenary company a lot like acquisitions inc that was called um desperation defense oh <laughs> yeah and so for a small but negotiable fee or a good cause they would take up your your quest and so his his person who was in charge of it was shadow spawn and it was actually a front for like an assassin uh, league
0: no so, oh, like, cool.
3: he let us make characters for it. And then we would, like, not roll dice or anything. He'd just be like, and then what do you do? And we're like, and then we kill the guy. Yeah, we stab him. <laughs> he's like, but he's a vampire. What are you going to do now? Oh, but it's daytime. We'll kill him. He's like, but he's a something." Like, it's things like that. And we, I remember being uh, a kid and my dad giving us writing assignments where we had to write um, over the summer. We wrote short stories about, like, he'd give us prompts.
0: Oh, wow. And a lot of them were like
3: very Dungeons and Dragons types prompts. So we wrote short stories about our characters. How old were you
0: friends, when that was? Uh, wh-
3: when you started giving us prompts, I think I was around eleven. Okay. My first, my first character was Sila Ghostwalker, who was a ranger. She was a human ranger.
0: Sila Ghostwalker. Cool. Yeah. What was her shtick?
3: Um, she had a large uh, pet spider named Vildafang.
0: Vildafang.
3: Yeah, Vildafang.
0: I want to. I want to. This that's, the that's, fanciest
1: spider. It was very cool. It sounds like and that spider like, drinks tea with its like spider fingers out.
0: Spearmint tea, probably. Uh,
1: it is or uh, real tea?
3: Okay, look. <laughs> 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 okay, Lisa. No, that's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet Vildafang, though. I really want to. I want to pet spider.
3: I would. Man, I would too. Uh, she was awesome. But that was that was around the like Baldur's Gate was coming out, and and I was like in love with. Baldur's Gate and everything and I was like oh I want to be a ranger that'd be great so it went from creating Sila Ghostwalker as a ranger for uh pen and paper which is what they called it they didn't call it tabletop they called it pen and paper RPGs um and it went to creating this character exclusively for Baldur's Gate Icewind Dale all that
0: that's cool wow so it sounds like, uh, uh, you know, were your parents playing D&D, you know, before you guys existed in the military? Because we hear yeah. that a lot, that people, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a huge community of people within the within the military play all the time.
3: Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, they played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, and they played a lot of Paranoia. Mm. Yeah, my dad has some really ruthless stories. Of course, he was always the Dungeon Master, because like me, he's a control freak, so... <laughs> 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 so, yeah, he, he has a lot of, like, really ruthless second edition Dungeon Master stories, including one I've told a couple people, which is uh, he allowed one of the people in the party a wish spell. Mm. And they wished that their enemies were dead. And so he sent them 500 years into the future, and they materialized in the middle of a busy highway and were run over by a semi. What? Yeah, yeah. That's second edition, man. That's <laughs> they were out to get you. <laughs>
0: they really were, man. Wish spells. That's you know game game no breaking mercy. as always.
3: No mercy. Yeah. Uh, my dad's done things like that to me and my sisters as children.
0: Wait, this explains not, so much. Not
3: put us in what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. Carry on.
3: Kind of. Yeah, he didn't drop us in a in the middle of a highway, but you know, putting us in unwinnable scenarios in Dungeons and Dragons. I thought I should be clear about that.
0: I was just gonna say, like, not can we clarify dropped, that?
3: <laughs> not dropped in the middle of a highway as a small child.
0: So, how do you think you know uh, having that type of play and that type of Dungeons and Dragons integrated? You know, uh, I mean, this is such a foreign thing for me because my parents were so anti fantasy in general, but all, you know, very particularly Dungeons and Dragons, that it's hard for me to visualize having such awesome parents. (laughs) So Uh, what was it like, you know, having that be, you know, what you guys did together?
3: uh, It was hard because when we got into about 1996, 1997, um, I don't know if you guys know anything about like... um the the Murray Kentucky vampire clan and things like that. No. But there was okay. <laughs> there were some people from a from a nearby town uh-huh. um, not too far out, Callaway County, that uh uh it was Rod Farrell and like his friends. They went down to um Florida. And they had they had formed, like, a Vampire the Masquerade clan. But it was, like, it was beyond that. Like, Vampire the Masquerade was the excuse to get together so he could, like, it, form a cult with these, like, a blood-drinking cult with these kids. And then they went down to Florida, and he, like, killed two people. Eesh. And it was, like, a whole news thing. But it, it, it re-sparked a satanic panic in oh. rural Kentucky. And so I was growing up, like... Nobody played Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I remember one time we were told from my biology class that we could have extra credit if we brought in ticket stubs for um, Passion of the Christ. Um, Yeah. So it was harder, but, like, the opposite kind of hard in a weird way. Um, So, yeah, there were, like, Harry Potter book burnings. Uh, There was a protest for the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which, fair, um. <laughs> 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 but also there was a really, yep. I liked that movie. Norda was dope. I loved her.
0: Oddly enough, I've never actually seen him. I don't know if they were just it was I was out of the fandom I, at that I time think, and I've never I think so you were i an
3: adult. I, was, I think I was 12 when it came out. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. I was I was in the theater at that time, so it like never really, you know, yeah. kind of stuck uh, and oh, and, yeah. I, and by all accounts, I, they you know it, it's uh, it's good to keep that in 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 that situation.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was is it, it was crazy. At first, it was uh, Dungeons and Dragons a lot, and then like Harry Potter, like picked up speed, and it yeah. was like Harry Potter book burnings, Pokemon's the devil, you know, the the recruiting. Well, that's demons, true. The- <laughs> They're definitely an economic devil.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> even every every time I think I grow out of Pokemon, they release a generation that has just the cutest starters, and then you
0: get pulled back in.
3: I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna waste sixty dollars on a game that I'll play for five hours and <laughs> never look at.
0: Well, that, I mean, having that kind of, uh, uh, you know, home life must have been really interesting while all that was happening around you. So, like, did you feel like you were part of, like, a a fun club? Like, that you were like, oh, you know, it's it's Um,
3: kind of. I have have four siblings, and then my dad did did the military a lot and he was gone a lot. And then my mom worked a lot. So there was like, we couldn't go with him because the military only allows a certain amount of dependence. Mm-hmm. So he went to like Korea and stuff. Oh, wow. and you know, So he would be gone for a few years. And then our aunt came to live with us when I was uh, in middle school and there were the seven of us, the main family. And then my aunt, my three cousins and one of my cousins, two kids all living in a four bedroom house. So, wow it dissipated very quickly. I didn't get back into Dungeons and Dragons. I I think sixth grade was like that golden period where like Harry Potter was still not cool enough to be hated. And then getting into like the rest of middle school and into high school was like, ah, don't tell anyone because they already think you worship the devil because you're like ambiguously Brown. Mm. Um, and then like nine 11 happened and you didn't want to be ambiguously Brown during nine 11. Like it was awkward. Um, but then I didn't. I didn't get back into it until college, and that was a super not great experience. And then I didn't get back into it until I uh, quit my job at the salon two years ago.
0: Wow! Yeah. And what was it about, you know, two years ago that 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 made you want to jump in and start playing?
3: Uh, stream of uh, Annihilation. Oh no way! I, I quit my job the week that Stream of Annihilation started. Really. Yeah, I quit my job. We got a cat. I was at home, like, job hunting, and I uh, I, I saw Stream Annihilation was happening, and I had seen, like, one or two episodes of DCA, so I was like, oh, cool, so they'll just do, like, a live thing here, and I can catch up and figure out what's going on, but then I saw it was, like, a whole three-day thing, and, like, my husband was going to be out of town for the weekend, and I was like, I guess I'll cry into a gallon of ice cream because I walked out on my job and watched people play Dungeons and Dragons and it just like I I hadn't realized like first of all I hadn't realized that 5e had was like a thing that had started Mm. like the last time I played it was 3.5 right so I was like oh wow there's so many e's now
0: (laughs) there's five of them (laughs)
3: Yeah, there's five, five whole E's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's Dungeons <laughs> like and Dragons. So like, um, yeah, yeah, it's like a Thank lot. Thank you for of, that, Lisa. Thank you.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so annihilation. I was like, wow, this is so cool. They're like playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I saw um, the thing that made me want to do it the most was seeing Girls' Guts Glory mm. because they were all in costume and they mostly stayed in character the whole time. And I do SCA. Which is uh, the historical, um, not reenactment, but it's like a living history organization. Yeah, and so we stay in costume, the, and
1: I'm
0: trying to remember the the name, the acronym.
3: Society uh, of Creative Anachronism.
0: That's what it yeah, is. Yeah,
3: Lisa knows.
1: <laughs> Nerd life. <laughs>
0: yeah. Nerd oh,
3: life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. It was something. It was one of the many things that when Lisa and I met, we had in common. So it was great.
0: That's cool. Uh, Did you do that as well?
1: Um, Yeah, I was in the SCA on the East Coast a little bit. Then I started getting more and more involved in D&D, and then D&D took over my entire life.
0: I mostly met the
3: dressing up, but yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: That's awesome. I mean, I think that was one of the goals of this Dream of Annihilation was to Mm -hmm. uh, bring people in that may not feel like there was uh, uh, an outlet for them in Dungeons & Dragons. So it's really heartening to hear that 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 happened with you. Yeah, yeah.
3: It was super cool. I didn't. I didn't recognize every show up there. I do know that there was the one from Australia that has Benny from Access the in it. Yeah, where I was like, "Hey, that guy!"
0: <laughs> that was so cool. I, I yeah. love that he was playing live music as they yeah. were playing and oh, still, man. yeah.
3: I'm a big fan of Benny anyway, so
0: he's great. Unfortunately, he's not. He's not doing stuff with Dragon Friends anymore. I think he's he moved to a new location, and and yeah, uh, uh, you know, they're they're. You know they're they're actually coming to the D and D Live 2019, oh, the Descent. Cool. Uh, yeah,
3: so I, I say that as though I didn't already look at the website. <laughs> like, oh my god, I didn't know that. Yes, I did. I
0: yes, did. you did. And <laughs> yeah. as 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 <laughs> thank you for for helping get the messaging out there. You're really doing a, you're doing a good job. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You well,
3: count on me, boss. <laughs> I'm
0: excited that you now will be there for for D and D Live as well.
3: Yes, I'm so excited. Um, DMs Guild is sponsoring us for a whole bunch of stuff, so we're super pumped to go there. Thank you so much, DMs Guild. Um, Lisa's been pulling for us to go to a lot of stuff. She's an excellent showrunner, so... It's been it's been really great because Lord knows I can't be trusted to do things like that to be
1: um, honest. TK is an amazing dungeon master and storyteller for us.
3: The rest of the podcast will just be us saying nice things to each other. Oh, that's nice. well,
0: <laughs> that's it. This is all no, about it's all no, about lifting it's us up.
3: To note that I am a, a dungeon master and storyteller and not a business person. <laughs> so
0: that's that's an important yeah. thing to know about oneself.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but it's interesting that there's, you know, that there's the, I mean, I, you've been saying showrunner a few times, but, you know, and Lisa, you're r- jumping into that role for Tales from the Mist. But I mean, that's also a term that's used in TV and, and you know, and, and putting that together. And uh, I think that's, uh, I don't know, that's, that's an interesting relationship there.
1: Yeah, I mean, our entire group is just really, really collaborative. Like, we've also got like Ashley Warren on board, who's an amazing writer, and she worked so closely with TK to kind of reimagine the Vistani and how we do that in our story. Um, And then Kayla is an amazing illustrator, and so she brings lots of art and all of our visual assets. Um, So we all sort of like have our role. Um, But I also think a lot of the times the dungeon master is also sort of the showrunner, like, the person in charge Usually, of the show. Yeah, but right. running a game in itself is so much work. And I see how much work TK puts into it. So it's nice having those roles separated, I think. Yeah, I like it is. Too.
3: It's great for me. Especially because, like, Lisa it has already... It, she already had, like, business and management experience whereas i'm more of a like be here at this time type of person i'm a little bit more administrative than that but like lisa like putting together pitches reaching out to people doing social media stuff like that's all stuff that like i feel like i don't have enough uh expertise in so when she came to me was like hey is it cool if i do showrunner i was like first of all um I'm not your boss. Second of all, <laughs> yes, obviously, please, please help me. Yeah. Well, and
0: it's something that people don't necessarily think about, or we even really talk about a lot here for mm-hmm. for dungeon and dragons groups, because you're right. It's usually the default is the dungeon master is the organizer, the person who needs to rally everyone to get there on time. Um, and in, in me, I have a home game, you know, with a few uh, people playing in, in West Seattle. Uh, and that sometimes is a real struggle for me because I'm like, I'm so busy. I don't really have feel out time, but now I have to send out the emails like, hey, is everyone coming or not? Okay. You know, and I, I really like the idea that you guys have taken to it where you're you're sharing those roles and explaining those roles out too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I've tried the, I've tried the like, hey, we're all a band and we all like equally do the same amount of work. And typically it doesn't work out because nobody communicates the expectations we have of each other. Yeah. So this way... Like, Lisa could just pop in and be like, hey, everybody, I need this information. I need this picture. I need this. And it's just like delegating the workload, but being like more honest about
2: who's going to get the work done.
1: It's also nice having permission to be bossy with my friends Mm -hmm. so I don't just feel like a jerk.
0: <laughs> are you sure you have that permission? Oh no, T <laughs> K. <She, she, she laughs> have,
3: we have contracts. She has explicit
0: permission. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys are talking about it from the the prospect of, of of you know creating a weekly streaming show. But I think it's something that you know probably more home games could really benefit from.
3: Yeah, yeah, I would love to not be the sole provider of like the home cooked food for my home game. Right. Oh, and you're the DM. Yeah, so, so much,
0: it's... Yeah. You're providing all that home-cooked NPCs. You know, you can't do the yeah. content and the, and oh the meals. Oh my gosh, thing.
3: I'm such a wuss when it comes to killing players. And I... Okay, I shouldn't say that because I actually don't believe in, like, this whole culture of, like, nah, kill them, even though I joke <laughs> about it. But, like, yeah, I, I try not to... Be unfair. <laughs> well,
0: Goodness. when you guys have you know uh, the gothic theme that's kind of going throughout mm-hmm. Tales of the Mist, like you know mm-hmm. how do you how do you balance that right of of
3: uh, showing please. danger
0: and and feeling dark, but while also not wanting to just you know re re re.
3: Oh yeah, well it's more like I don't want to be so unfair that I'm like punishing them for otherwise heroic choices. So if they, uh, for example, in episode I believe eight, um, two of the uh, guest characters were supposed to like walk out of the story. Um, if they don't die outright in the story, if the story hasn't killed them, then they can just walk out. And they made their choice. They were going to, they had been faced down with like their own pack of their, their family, which is a pack of were Jackal's just like them. And they were like, okay, we're going to lead them away from the party. So the party can continue the story. And like, we we're walking out of the story essentially. But, uh, Lisa's character, Mercy, and the other characters, you unanimously decided that they were going to go after them and try and save them.
1: they were going to die.
3: They, I so, cried so many real tears. I know you did, and I felt, like, super bad, even though I laughed. Um, <laughs> narratively, I consider this. I, I gave them a choice. Are, are these NPCs still members of your party? Mm. If they are party members, I cannot kill them off-camera. If they are party members, I have to allow you the opportunity to save them. I will not punish you for acting heroically because that's kind of what Dungeons & Dragons is all about. Um, So I let the dice decide and the dice spared them.
0: Good on you, dice.
3: Yeah, I was I was very pleased. Though there was a, a part where like I I messed up what I was saying and I was like roll me a twenty and the chat was like crit or die crit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, they only had to they only had to hit or beat a sixteen, so it was fine and they they lived. So like I I don't know. Everybody was happy. Yes, I could have just killed them off screen, or yes, I could have made my party watch their friends die. But like, who has fun with that? Nobody. Nobody enjoys that.
0: Yeah. No one. That's a hard balance. I mean, that's what makes yeah. dungeon mastering hard. You know, obviously in, in home games but especially on something that's being broadcast to a larger audience is like you mm-hmm. want you want the entertaining to be, you know, the entertainment to be on that dramatic line but yeah. not necessarily going across yeah. that line.
3: One of our one of our players um her character has claustrophobia and she herself has a tinge of that. And so as I was describing her character crawling on her hands and knees through like a two point five high foot tunnel. Yeah. Um, I was typing our, you know, I was typing one of our safety card um letters in the chat to make sure everybody was okay. Because like I don't want her to have like a panic attack on on camera. Or at all. Or at all. But, like, you know, or at all. It's like a lot of it is a safety system and letting my players know that like you are safe. I do, I do care about things that upset you. So communicate with me and I will communicate with you. And then once we all know where the walls are, it's kind of like going into a haunted house where nobody's allowed to touch you. Mm. Those can still be super scary.
0: Yeah. Um, And that's something that we've, you know, uh, I don't think we've ever really talked about more in general about like X cards and things like that. So, you know, yeah. You know, for those who may may not know what that means or, or, you know, player safety not just character safety you know what what do you think that that means to you
3: um okay so i i'm afraid i don't have all the information with me on who invented the x cards i know somebody in chat will know
0: i actually do know i i think his name is john strevropolis uh and the only reason i know that is because he was in a uh a nerd nerd nyc community in in new york Cool. cool, cool. Uh, and and someone recently was like, you know, he's. The, I was like, oh, I know that guy, and he's like, oh yeah, he's the oh, guy who invented no the X card. I'm like, oh no way, oh, cool. okay, cool. Um, um,
3: so I I used to play games with, uh, or I've played a couple games with Kiana Shaw, who works with like um, WebDM. I believe she works with Encounter Roleplay and Tells from the Grim and she is doing a lot of stuff um, about safety systems in role playing games and stuff. It's like her thesis is about like. Uh, safe tables and things like that which is super super cool and so she taught me uh, a sort of um, not updated but like slightly different version which is more like the red yellow green consent system Mm -hmm. so an x is like if you are uncomfortable like put an x in the chat and 100 we will we'll drop the curtain switch like we'll switch scenes to something like very fluffy and pleasant that i can like talk to you behind the scenes about and stuff. Um, ends are I may not have known that this was a line but now I am getting uncomfortable type of stuff um, and you can type that in and we'll drop a veil or an O, usually that's where I'm checking on people. So I'll put like an O and a question mark and they, if they answer back with an O then that means they're okay. I like so, that. So yeah, so it's like a like a red, yellow, green, um, and it's and it's, that's
0: like. It, hmm? Sorry to interrupt, but it's like when that when the, when the content reaches something that may, for whatever reason, right. make the the player, and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be, you know, the things that you would expect. So that's why mm-hmm. that's why th- that system exists is because the dungeon master might not realize that they're crossing any type of right. of line.
3: Well, and Lisa put together these awesome guest packets that include hard lines that are already like established for the main cast. So like, I'll never have sexual assault in there. I'm never going to kill a kid on screen. Uh, Things like that. Like that's you come into it and you know, this is not going to happen. But like, there are some ends for people. Like I would never have somebody at a bar drug. One of the, the cast members or something like that, like that, that could be something like, true that might not mean anything but i don't know if there's somebody who's that's like oh i no i can't do that some people are okay with it some people aren't so if if i did something like that and they sent me an n where they were like oh i had no idea that i would like not like this mm. there was a part where we we went to an opium den and um while I while I didn't have any ends in the chat or anything, my NPCs were very vocal about you don't have to partake in opium if you don't want to with the, with the characters. So there were several characters who didn't want to. And even though they said after, a couple of them said after, like, man, I kind of wish I'd done it because it <laughs> was kind of cool. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, your choice was valid. Like, I'm not going to. Just, just, to, drugs aren't cool. Uh, yeah, don't do drugs, drugs don't cool. do
1: opium. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, it, opium it, it, had some yeah. interesting yeah. effects. Uh, yeah. But my character would not do it again.
3: Yeah. That was no. a bad trip. Yeah,
0: it was, it, it <laughs> was, was like a, bad a prophetic choice.
3: dream thing. Like, it was like a prophetic th- dream thing. It was very upsetting for everyone involved. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry, I forgot this is going to be a podcast. And,
0: like, zero <laughs> no, you're fine. It's. <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> It's,
3: that's, I, saw, I saw Lisa getting closer to, like, the motion. Right, we're like, talking
0: oh, about storytelling yeah, and how, like, yeah, yeah. You know, when it's like, collaborative like no this, like, <laughs> you can often get into situations okay. like this where you're, like, you're not sure, right? right. And so that's why right. it's very important to to have a system like what you're describing in place because, right. you know, I think in, in in the before times, in the past, people mm-hmm. would just do, you know, things or have oh, con- yeah. content pop up without mm-hmm. with nary a thought to any of this. And I think it's really important for... Um, you know people to to consider it because yeah, it's, right. you know, and even though the example you gave of the claustrophobic uh, type situation i mean mm-hmm. that 's something that I probably, as a dungeon master would just throw out you know willy nilly and i didn't 't think anything of it because i don 't personally have those uh, those qualms right. or those feelings about those type of things, but that 's not necessarily being sensitive to those who might be at the table yeah
3: and I think well, yeah and as a show, like we have to think about the audience too i 'm sorry, Lisa oh, no, that 's okay. You're the interviewee, TK. Um, <laughs> but uh, I was just
1: going to say, so on Tales from the Mist, it's a horror show. And we're all, if you've ever watched it live or one of the videos, we're very, very expressive. We constantly look terrified. Uh, it makes for a lot of fun gifts later. Um, <laughs> Which but, i are amazing. But I think it's important for people to know that behind the scenes, TK is constantly checking to make sure we're actually okay. Right. And it, it's just we're putting on uh, what we're doing for the show or just for fun. Are you Um, acting? uh, I mean, it's a little bit acting, but also it's a little bit real.
3: But also, we're okay with being scared. Real? (laughs) Oh
1: no, no, no! I real, I cried real tears when I thought Juniper and Yara were going to die.
3: Oh, man, you cried real tears when you thought that um, Sybil and Thaddeus had like tumbled to their death. And I felt so bad watching the the clip back because I heard you go like, oh, no. And then you like muted yourself or something. I was like, oh, I'm a monster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really thought you were you were killing them halfway through their arc. They just walked off a
3: cliff. Just FYI, I will never let you guys die with only one role. This is no longer two E. <laughs> Advanced Dungeons and Dragons cannot hurt you anymore. I'm here.
0: <laughs> well, and I like that that, you know, the 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 uncertainty of you knowing that made for a dramatic moment. And I think that's what, you know, as as a master storyteller, you are TK. Like that's the way to you, you want it to be on that line, right? You want it to be like, oh, I yeah. you know, like any Drama that we're watching on television or or, or listening to uh, in podcast form or anything like that. Like you mm-hmm. always want it to be like you don't know, and it's great so, when the performer yeah. doesn't even know.
1: Yeah, there's so much
3: drama.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's
3: really important when there are like if characters have secrets from each other. If it's a character, if it's a character secret that I think will genuinely like upset the story to the point where like other players will no longer have fun. I usually ask them to talk to each other. Yeah. So, like, there are some things that may or may not come out that, like, you'll see, you'll see guests or uh, not guests, um, cast members go like, "Oh, surprise!" You know, but <laughs> like. Yeah, Like, they actually knew because they were like, I'm like, hey, is it cool if, like, this person, like, I don't know, makes a deal with a demon and, like, you know, trade your soul or something? Are you cool with them doing that?
1: Is this just a hypothetical example? That seems really hypothetical.
3: 100% hypothetical.
0: Very specific, though. That was a very specific hypothetical hypothetical that might be in your brain right now.
3: No, that's untrue. I would.
0: (laughs) Uh, that's awesome. Oh, and I, well, be. I like, I like that you guys are, 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 you know, thinking about these things going forward, but it ends up making an, a really exciting, you know, story because of all these things, right? Like, I think mm-hmm. all the factors involved, uh, you know, contribute to it being why people are tuning in and watching.
3: Yeah. In the end, I am playing a game with my friends. Like, yes, it's a show. Yes, it's a game, but it's a game with my friends. Yeah. And if my friends aren't having fun, then am like, what's the point? <laughs> Yeah. Like what's the
0: point? <laughs> I think that's a lot of, you know, what people no, I don't think a lot of people, but you know, it's po- it's it's possible to lose sight of when you're when you're playing in front of a camera or in front of a microphone or things like that where like it's it's yeah. at its heart about having fun uh together and 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 making that happen.
3: Yeah. 100%. When I was looking to do this, I was actually super burnt out on playing a lot and I was like, "Dang, I really want to DM something." And I had DM'd like only a two-person game with Kayla, uh, I think a year before. And I went to to Lisa and I was like, hey, do you want to do like a one-shot where like Mercy's in Ravenloft yes. or something? <laughs> and Lisa, um, bless her heart, uh, which I mean in a good way. Um, Thank you for clarifying like, as
0: someone from the no, South. No, uh, I, I yeah. mean, in
3: a, like, let's be honest, Kentucky's barely the South. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> well, I, I was in North Carolina for a while and whenever anyone said... Bless your heart. It was. Oh yeah, yeah. You, I, yeah. I, I knew it's the context. A it's a negative. No, this yeah. is
1: this. I have to reevaluate but, a lot of things. This
3: one, this one is positive. Okay. Less Lisa, she was like, "I don't want to do a one shot. I want to do a show." And I was like, "Do you think we could?" And she was like, "I know we could." And then, and then we we texted Kayla, and we were like, "Kayla, do you want to do a show in Ravenloft?" And Kayla was like, "I can't believe you didn't come to me first.
1: <laughs>
3: And... and And then it was the three of us. And then Lisa was like, oh, you know who'd be great in this? Ashley Warren. Because she loves Ravenloft. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I just wanted to get to know Ashley better. I think she's so cool. So we we (laughs) invited Ashley and it was going to be a a three-person co-cast. And then our major rotator was going to be Hadil. Hadil was supposed to be the rotator that came in every season if we had multiple seasons. Um, But then, like... I think, like, three days later, we were like, Hadil's cast. Like, we took a <laughs> vote, and we were like, Hadil's Corecast. <laughs> we want to play with Hadil every week. Nice. We do. She's so funny.
0: She's amazing. She is. Bless her. Yeah. In a good way. And yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. Someone from the north, Northeast. Yeah. It was something that it was it was, it was strange to me. Yeah. When but I, I went that. to
1: school in North Carolina. Oh, okay. So now I'm like thinking back to every yeah. interaction. Every time I said
0: oh bless your heart. Oh
3: no. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, bless
1: oh. your yeah. heart.
0: Yeah. yeah. You're like oh. yeah.
3: Like, oh thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no you're a sweetie. Not mm, <laughs> too. Mm. Well <laughs> All, so that one
0: comes with yeah, Southern hospitality is not real. I don't know if you knew that.
3: Yeah, that
1: one <laughs> comes
0: with betrayed. facial expressions where it's like, sweetie, I think I catch mm, that. Yeah, that one's an easy one. Uh, well, I, I love everything you guys are doing, uh, putting it together. And uh, are you, uh, you know, I, like I said, we're going to have you at uh, D&D Live 2019, which I think is going to be really fantastic. Uh, and yeah. uh, wanted to, uh, you know, find out from you, are you still writing, uh, TK? Have you, have you ever gone into more doing uh, stuff like that?
3: Um, I just finished an outline for a novel not too long ago. Really? I yeah. That's I was, awesome. I wanted to. I wanted to write books, but then I was like, "Oh, I need to eat." So. <laughs> uh, that's me too. Yeah, I should have gone to college.
0: Yeah, wasted money.
3: <laughs> so I've heard as I pay off the the college loans. <laughs> yeah. From never finishing college.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, uh, you know. That was always my one of my dreams too, was to 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 kind of get together the, the, the fantasy novel or whatever and, and and get it out and yeah.
3: I really um I like Southern Gothic horror. Uh, later this year, I think Kayla and I are looking to this is exciting. Later this year I'm thinking Kayla and I are gonna try and release a group of short stories that I've already written and I need to edit and then she will be illustrating for it. That's so that's so exciting.
0: Cool. Wow. Yeah. All in that Yay. southern that, that gothic horror vibe. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I have a I have a character that is very much like uh like very like I don't want to say Lovecraftian because blah. Um more cosmic horror type. Um her name is Auntie and she tells bedtime stories to a child ward of hers named dearest. And so uh, the first book would be a collection of like almost in a um what they call them? The daily stuff with everyday affirmations. Mm. So it's like a poem before you go to bed. They're very spooky poems and I love them. Uh, and then I did several like choose your own adventure style books or. You mean pick your, pick your path?
0: Pick your path, right?
3: Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, pick your path TM. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
3: Uh, or is, um, what did we, what did we call them when we did one on uh, the Tales from the Mist- Choose your Twitter? nightmare. Choose Your Nightmare. Yeah, we liked that. That's a good sure. one. Yeah. So uh, it's very much like that.
0: I love that. Um, Thank you. You've also already
1: done a collaboration with Kayla.
3: You are correct. I, I did stuff. write a comic with Kayla. Kayla Klein. Yeah. It's called Samhain, and um, we got Holly and Anna's permission to use Strix and um, Evelyn's likenesses mm-hmm. for a, a very short comic, about 12 or 13 pages, Um that is non-canonically her last few days in uh, Barovia before spoiler uh, for (laughs) like a 50 or like 50 episodes ago in DCA, um, which she spent 50 years in Barovia by herself. Right. And it's, it's based on, I am, I'm an Aoife animist, uh, which means that I worship like the Orisha. Um, What's what's that? What's the Orisha? uh, The Orisha are a, a, western african um cosmological system uh for animists we believe that they are revered deities for people who are not animists they're typically considered um gods or or divine spirits Mm -hmm. Um, and there's hundreds of them but we we do a very a very similar uh late in the year not harvest um not ritual holiday i guess to Samhain, where it's like remembering ancestors and like casting out evil spirits and things like that and so a lot of the Samhain comic is based on my personal faith and mm. uh kayla's personal faith as a as a practicing um pagan so
0: oh that's interesting
3: yeah so it's like got this this whole ritual where she's like trying to to speak to her friends and things like that and it's a very it's it's a little sad and then it has a. a <laughs> and then it's it has a, a flash sad. fiction in the back <laughs> that I wrote. Um, there's no dialogue or anything. Yeah. Uh, when we did it, I was like, "How can I help you? Like as the writer, since there's no dialogue, how can I help you?" And so I chose like the colors, the camera angles, and like three three panels on this page type thing. So layout, I did layout. So it was very.
0: That's really awesome. Yeah. I I love uh, seeing. Comic book scripts. Uh, I, I just, I, as someone who was never kind of in that comic book world, I didn't, I didn't read a lot of issues of comics, so I didn't really kind of think of it as a sequential art, like a, like a, you know, writing a screenplay or or, or anything like what that be. So when I, when I've I've seen the the bare bones of what a writer would give to a, an artist, I'm always like, oh, that's basically like a script, and that's amazing. I never, you know, yeah. put that together. So it's even more amazing for me to hear how to do that without any dialogue or like, hey, this panel says yeah. this here.
3: Yeah, it was very much a like okay, camera pans from where am I, and then you know three in a di- three panels in a diagonal towards the right hand of the page, uh, warm grays on this, slate grays on this page, type of thing. That's fascinating. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's very cool.
1: Super visually rich and emotive and heartbreaking. Mm. Don't there's- listen to TK when they say it's just a little <laughs> sad. It's a little a, sad. Uh,
3: <laughs> there's an a small Easter egg. Um, in the comic and anybody who has watched DCA and does music will recognize the musical notation to the song that Anna and Holly sang. Nice. And that's the song that leads Strix through the woods to find Anna or a uh, evil Oh my gosh. Spirit. And so, yeah.
0: Bringing it all back to D&D live. I've been, that that song might reappear.
3: <gasps> that's so Yay! exciting.
0: Um, yeah. TBD on on that, but uh, that was one of the things we talked about.
3: That was a good song. Did did Anna write the music for that and everything?
0: I think they've done the lyrics and the kind of the melody, but I don't think there's um uh accompaniment. Oh
3: man, I'd love to see that. Oh, that's exciting! Was, it's such a good song. It's a good song.
0: Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, that's really cool. Uh, what is it about? you know, horror and that gothic type of thing that fascinates you? Because it seems like all the, all the creative outlets that you're, you're, that, you're, that you're talking about all have tinges of that.
3: Oh, yeah, have like a very like dark uh, thing. Um, so I tried writing epic fantasy for a little while. And it, the, the problem that I found with fantasy was that the stakes didn't feel high enough, but in a different way. Because a lot of fantasy, the struggles are very external, and I'm very—I love like the internal mm. struggles. So something that really draws me to Ravenloft is that the biggest—the biggest danger to somebody who goes to Ravenloft, who is from not from that plane, but you know, I guess it could apply to people who are natives to that plane. It's not the danger. It's not dying. It's not monsters. It's becoming what you're hunting. Mm. So I love that struggle that people have to not become what it is they're so terrified of. Hmm. If that makes sense. It's like it's very much a you have to prove that you deserve humanity and typically you don't prove it through violence.
0: Yeah, and a lot of other epic fantasy is is right. is that is you, Yeah, it's
3: very much proving it through violence, which It's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a lot of horror. Even, okay, let's say um, It by Stephen King. It's not violence that does him in. It's the power of their friendship and love. Spoiler alert. Okay, sure. Care
0: Bear bear Stare takes (laughs) it. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess spoilers.
0: No. I it. mean, I, that was a joke. I, I don't. Spoilers. I'm not I don't really no, care. It's
3: okay. I'm just messing. The with
0: first you. movie, well, the miniseries was in the '80s. So if you haven't yeah, seen that yeah. yet, I mean, come on. <laughs>
3: it's like, mm. Mm. Yeah, but it's like it's just the idea that like um, by by a, I guess asserting that you are not this monster, that's how you win, even if you die. Yeah. Because surviving is not e- even though there is like survival horror, surviving is not how you win
0: yeah. it's
3: not giving in to
0: the monster that evil. Within. Yeah.
3: yeah yeah it's not becoming that monster and in
0: some way I mean I'm just riffing know. off here, but in some ways it's the it's it's the most horrible things are the things you recognize in yourself
3: oh yeah, absolutely one hundred percent one hundred percent um and, and that's why some of the most compelling horror are people who have the same vices or tendencies as the monster yeah. overcoming that in themselves and proving that they, they deserve to, to survive and deserve to thrive and yeah. live. And they deserve that redemption. And I feel like when you start already from like that, I need to prove that I deserve redemption, it makes for a more interesting story. Which I, I agree.
0: Like. I agree. And I think, you know, I, I just riffing off of what you're saying there too. Like, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, some of the characters in Dragonlance are, reverberate mm-hmm. so much is because, you know, Braceland uh, specifically, because, you know, his, his choices and what he's doing seem so um, possible. <laughs> yeah. For for many people, you know, they're like, okay, oh I, I you you could go that way very easily if you're an ambitious yeah. person or if you want you, to. You have... might
3: not condone it, but you understand it.
0: Yeah. And it's that horror of like, oh yeah. my gosh, how close am I to be gaming the, the monster? You know, also hashtag
3: Kityard did nothing wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you even need to hashtag that. That's just a that's just Kitty R
3: did nothing wrong. Like, yeah, okay, she's lawful evil, fine if you want to go by that arbitrary judging system but did it take care of it never mind i don't care (laughs) 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 whatever not a big not a big deal it's fine
0: (laughs) chaotic good that's that's me all through and through but Mm -hmm. there's definitely versions of me that are are not (laughs) that
1: oh sweetie
0: i know i know Uh, so yeah this is our uh, uh, therapy session Uh, thank you so much for uh, (laughs) bringing us through it uh, which off
1: sweetie was that
0: I don't know that's what (laughs) I'm trying to figure out (laughs) was that a bless your heart I don't know you'll never know (laughs) (laughs) one day I'll find out Uh, but I I, I, thank you for for this conversation I really loved it
3: always yeah thanks for having me
0: Um, well maybe
3: not always because you do have other conversations with other people whatever
0: (laughs) Never. I only talk to you. <laughs> From now on, that is all You're that right. will occur on the Dragon Talk.
3: When you when you go home, the bottom drawer of your dresser is going to open, and there will be like a small paring knife and a and a contract. <laughs> and I expect to see your name on that.
0: And contract. and. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: not an X. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's a, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, you got me. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Uh, so yeah, TK. How can people? Uh, you know. Pay attention to what you're doing. Uh, yeah, plug all your stuff.
3: Oh my gosh, I usually have like a really ridiculous sign-off that I don't remember Do when I started doing. But it's me, it's TK, um, and I write spooky stories on the internet. And if you like reading spooky stories, then you can read them at TK jo- or uh, TKJrights dot com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, TK Joints the Fray. Um, sometimes I stream. You can see me in streams like The Demon Plague, uh, Jace Bellerin Must Die um land between two rivers and all of that all of that information's on my twitter which you can go to especially if you like seeing pictures of my cat which i also like yeah uh, cats. honestly yeah you'll probably see me all the time here because i work here so and by here i mean in the chat of
0: you're joining you're joining the fray <laughs> all the time
3: yeah. <laughs> it's true I love um it. yeah and uh, today is our penultimate episode of Tales from the Mist, and next week is our finale, which will be very cool. Yep. It won't be the last time you see us on stream, but you'll get more information if you hang out with us. That's yeah, right.
1: Yeah, and you can learn more about Tales from the Mist at MistTalesDnD or on our website, TalesFromTheMists.com. Which Lisa made.
0: Dun, dun, and, it's dun. Cool. and it's exciting. Awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for being a, an awesome storyteller, and uh, I can't wait to see what's, what's coming up next. I want to I read that novel.
3: Yay! Yeah. Someday. Hey.
0: Awesome. Tonight,
3: TK. Don't kill my character. <laughs> <laughs> I would never.
0: That was just a really great interview. I love uh, talking to TK.
1: is just the best.
0: I feel inspired.
1: Yeah, me right? too. So inspired by everything that they do and everything that they said.
0: I am going to write a whole bunch of things now. Yes. Right now. I'm going to leave.
1: All right, goodbye.
0: While I'm writing, uh, you should all subscribe to the podcast uh, and tell your friends about subscribing to Dragon Talk. We uh, enjoy, uh, you know, just... Being a conduit to uh, many parts of the Dungeons Dragons community that uh, you know, uh, you know, people may not find out about other than listening to this podcast. So it's been a huge uh, boon for that. I know people get excited about coming in and uh, you know learning about new things. So spread the word, get as many people out there. Uh, your friends, your mom, your dad, your uh, significant others, your dog, your cats, your hamsters, but never your, never your cats.
1: <laughs> I didn't cats you know
0: i do i what about cats? are you are you anti-cat
1: no no i love cats if if clara and lucy are watching or listening back home i love you girls
0: (laughs) they are they're subscribers too okay good
1: they've subscribed uh, so you should as well and also leave stars and a review
0: oh yeah that's a good thing yeah we'll read them all in all the places all the places yes. is it even called it's called like Apple Podcast now it's not even on iTunes anymore
1: I'm so not a hip
0: <laughs> you, people know what you're talking why about why are you calling it.
1: me out in the outro Greg
0: <laughs> that's what outros are for no they're for lifting you up <laughs> thank you so much for joining in uh, with Shelly's uh, absence uh, you know it's, I know those are very large shoes to fill because she wears 16 uh, size 16 women's shoes but Thank you for coming swimming
1: in, in them. You can't see them cuz they're under the table, but <laughs> I am.
0: But you done you done a pretty spot on good job and uh, I thank you and I will, will hope you come back.
1: Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. Uh any any where can people follow stuff about you and what you're doing?
1: Oh. Well, people can find me on Twitter at MercifulDM. Uh, I'm the community manager for the Dungeon Masters Guild and the Adventurers League. So if you like D&D stuff, uh, give me a follow. Uh, You could also check me out at LisaChen.com, Lisa spelled with a Y, uh, to see all my creative endeavors, writing, and just a whole bunch of Lisa
0: stuff. I love that there's like hashtag Lisa, like Team Lisa's thing going on.
1: Yeah, hashtag Team Lisa. Yay, Lisa's. Yay. (laughs) Lisa's of the world unite.
0: Yes. And take over the world.
1: Oh, well, that's our secret plan. Don't outing us again in the outro. We just,
0: oh, man. All right. We have to re-record this. (laughs) Strike that from the record. (laughs) It shall not be done uh i am of course greg tito uh you can follow me on all the things at greg tito uh i think it's greg underscore tito on instagram uh and uh most of those are about my kids so you know bear with me there but i do do some uh D postings uh on that um and if you want to find out about all the th- things dungeons and dragons follow uh wizards underscore DD on twitter uh D on facebook um actually yeah you should be doing all these. What oh, about all- it's well all those things that uh, I just said. D-
1: uh, Greg said it. Do do what Greg said.
0: <laughs> I, I think we've said doo doo if I've too too many times. <laughs> Is <laughs> Shelly here? Are you sure you're not Shelly talking about poop? Zip. <laughs> <laughs> Shelly vroom, comes out of the cocoon. Hello, so, my pigeon. Oh my god, that was an impression of an impression of an impression. We're we're What's very happening. There's a there's a top <laughs> spinning. There's like a d and d. There's a, a d twenty spinning, and it's gonna keep spinning as we as we get out of here. <laughs> Uh, but also download uh, Dragon Plus to your phone. Uh, there is such great content coming from there. Articles, interviews, uh, previews about what's coming from uh, Dungeons and & Dragons and all of our partners. Uh, it is fantastic. So if you want to get all the latest news from Dungeons & Dragons, that's one really good, easy way to do it on your phone. Um, and uh, last fun thing I want to talk about is that Warriors of Waterdeep is coming to your phone. I just was talking about phone, so I started to, to think about it. What's that? It is a mobile game, uh, set in Waterdeep, uh, free to play, very, um, uh, kind of like a turn-based strategy game, uh, where you get, uh, you know, uh, you, you recruit adventurers and you send them off on, on adventurers and, um... Uh, you know, kill monsters, and uh, but it's all kind of tactical. It'd be like, oh, you can shoot this bow here. You cast this spell at this red dragon, uh, and uh, there's some binary choices in there. You interact with characters from Waterdeep, like Laryl Ooh. Silverhand, Ooh. Mert, uh, and uh, Durnan, uh, and uh, you know, interact with all of them. So sounds so fun. Sounds pretty fun. It's launched in Canada now. Uh, getting feedback, getting it uh, ready to go for prime time, and uh, I know I know the release date for what it will be worldwide. But I'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. Oh, I know, right. I don't I my notebook's not here. I don't want to I want to speak out of turn. <laughs> uh, but we we uh, last week we had our our interview with Stephen David Wark uh, go live. Uh, that was recorded before uh, in the before times after Stream of Many Eyes. So, uh, you know, apologies if that interview was a little bit off. There was no Shelly on that one either. Uh, which was just, you know, we basically need to get her back uh, uh, eventually.
1: Shelly,
0: come on. Come on, Shelly. You can do it. Well, you'll be getting a whole bunch of that stuff when she's at uh, the uh, D&D Live right. 2019, The Descent. Uh, so look for more information on that. I know we plugged it a lot at the top of this, but dnd.wizards.com slash d d Live 2019. There'll be tons. Uh, see, now I've got it. I don't need to. You're
1: so good. I'm, like,
0: looking to you to be like, did you say it right? And she's like, yes, yes you did. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Um, but uh, there'll be more and more information about more groups and more things uh, popping up then and of course tickets uh, badges I should say, badges are on sale now and uh, you'll be able to get that uh, experience if you come to LA and uh, check out what's happening from the studio. Hope to see you there. Hope to see you there. Um, Lisa, do you think we should uh, you know, stay in this cave anymore? I feel like it's really dark and dank and the Bronx are gonna hurt us.
1: Uh no, I think we should leave.
0: Let's leave now. Okay. Before yes. the- oh god! Oh, oh no! Oh. Oh, rocks fall on us. We're